Hopefully you're feeling a little bit more Christmassy now. Has anybody um, still not in the Christmas mood? Um, no? No, okay. Just me then. No, only joking. Our theme uh, this, uh, this Advent season uh, as a church has been uh, Love Came Down. And we've been reflecting on this idea that at Christmas, uh, we're remembering that God stepped into our story. Uh, that he, he puts on flesh, human flesh, and he, and he walks in, he moves into the neighborhood. He comes and he dwells amongst us. But he didn't come with a, a huge fanfare. Uh, he doesn't reveal himself in all his glory. Uh, He doesn't overthrow the powers of his day and rightfully take the throne of a king. Instead, he comes as a baby in fairly humble circumstances, born to a refugee family, not in a hospital, but instead in an animal shed, surrounded by cows and sheep. He's not delivered by a midwife, but instead by the callous hands of a carpenter. His first visitors weren't fancy dignitaries, just some shepherds. But this humble baby, this baby that we've been singing about, this baby that we're going to celebrate in this season is the most precious gift. And we all love gifts, don't we? We love to give gifts and we love to receive gifts. We we just love gifts. Now sometimes gifts can be unexpected. Often they're the kind of gifts that are probably uh, something that you need, but you're not necessarily excited about, um, like socks or pants. Um, you know, it's, it's always a safe Christmas present, isn't it? But it's it's uh, it's practical, um, and uh, and at least in one sense that a gift like socks and pants has a purpose. Uh, sometimes uh, we receive gifts that have no purpose whatsoever. And so you you receive this gift, and while smiling, you're thinking, "Why the heck did they buy me that?" And um, uh, you know, you're thinking, "What what what is it?" I'm not even sure what it is. But um, we all, you know, in a room this size, just to reassure you, I guarantee some of you are going to get gifts like that this Christmas. And I guess I guess the question is, what is what do you what do you do with them? Do you lose them? Do you break them or do you re-gift them? Um, that's always the solution. Just be careful you don't gift them to the person who give it to you. Um, but whatever makes a great gift, um, there are some qualities, aren't there? When we think about what makes a great gift that someone can give us, um, husbands, you might want to listen to this. Uh, for the next the next few minutes, if you take nothing away from what I say this evening, just just this some qualities of good gifts, wives, you can thank me uh, later on. But there are some some things that kind of determine a good quality a good quality gift. The first would be time and thought 
going into that gift. So, so you know, this gift that you give basically tells uh, the receiver that you've put some energy into the gift that you've given them. It's not a haphazard, random gift. It's not the last thing you saw as you were walking out of the shop. Um, and its value is not necessarily in the price that you paid, but it's in the thought that went into it. We all love to receive gifts like that, don't we? Another way of measuring a quality gift was it, it strikes a personal chord. It it means something to you personally. This uh, this gift um, fits who you are. The the giver understands what you like and what you what you dislike. They understand you personally. It's not them just giving you a gift that they like, but they've actually thought about this. This is something I think would be important to this person, and so it it, it fits you. It fits your taste. You. They, it just, it's just you. It's the perfect gift for you. If you want to know, mine's either whiskey or gin. Okay? If you want to strike a chord. Um, uh, it's a gift that enhances the relationship between the giver and the person receiving the gift. Maybe it's got a deep meaning behind the gift. Maybe uh, perhaps it's a little inside joke that you share uh, with the person that you're gifting. Maybe it's it just reflects a moment that you've had with that person. Whatever it is, it's the kind of gift that strengthens the bond of of friendship. Another quality of a gift would be a gift that that um, that re- requires a level of of sacrifice. Now, as I say that, some of you are thinking extravagant expensive. Now, gifts do cost, don't they? There, there is a cost to a gift. Uh, there, there is a price to be paid, but it isn't always a financial price. Maybe it's the cost of effort or the cost of time that someone has put into that gift. So this, the gift comes as like a, a labor of love where, where the giver has gone out of their way to make sure you get this gift because, and because the person's gone to great length, great effort, we really value that kind of gift. Another quality, and I almost never included it, but another quality is, is the name of the gift is, is powerful. And, and, and this one is, is, is slightly odd, but you know, um, often when we look at Christmas gifts, the, the ones that make it to the top of the bestsellers, you know, we always have these lists, don't we, at Christmas time where these are the number one gifts. They're always the ones with the best name. You know, um, Xbox, it just sounds good, doesn't it? You know, it, it'd, be, it'd sound a bit naff if it was a Y box. You know, um, they, they, they just have the right name. It has to be the right brand. You know, it can't be a fake or a cheap copy. Does anybody remember that shop on Gold Street? What was it? Broilies? Broilies. That's where you got the cheap copies from, okay? It, it isn't that. It has to be be the brand. I looked at what was going to be the number one uh, toy for boy, boys this year, and, um, you know, I was warmed. My heart was warmed, uh, because the number one toy, you can, some of you can probably guess, 
Star Wars. Star Wars. It's like, it's like the, a renaissance has happened. It's like I'm six years old again. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, there's still hope. Let's hope that Santa brings something like that for me. But, um, but the reality is even, even the very best gifts run their course, don't they? They'll either end up broken, chucked in a box, or on a landfill somewhere. That's the, re- that's the reality of many gifts. And even the gifts that we receive that fit that criteria of being a great gift, at some point they'll grow obsolete or outdated. And so it reminds us of what does it mean to have a gift that doesn't run out? A gift that isn't obsolete. A gift that continues to give and bring life. And you see, as we've sang tonight, we've sang about a gift that's more precious than anything else. That's the the gift of Jesus Christ. In Luke, we read, we read earlier, it says, um, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy uh, that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And so I guess the question is, is um, if Jesus is the ultimate gift, how does he fare in my list of things that make quality gifts. How does Jesus measure up? So how does he measure up on the gifts where time and thought went into it? So before the foundations of the world, God planned for his son, Jesus Christ, to come into the world that needed saving. You know, Jesus wasn't a last-minute gift. Genesis 3 Uh, predicts this divine coming to earth to fulfill the mission of God. In the Old Testament, there are more than 300 prophecies concerning this baby. Uh, They were were written hundreds of years before he was born. In the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 4, it says this, "But, uh, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. To say time and thought went into the gift that is Jesus is actually an understatement. How does Jesus compare with the second quality? It strikes a personal chord, a gift that strikes a personal call. Can Jesus really do that? Can Jesus really meet our needs today? You know, over the years, there's been many people in this church community um, who have discovered a personal relationship, a personal connection to this person called Jesus. That somehow, in some way, this Jesus has struck a chord with them. He's, it's become meaningful to them. That's why Jesus became flesh. That's why he came and walked amongst us. As the prophet Isaiah said, 700 years before Jesus was uh, 
born. He described him as Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in all the gifts that God gives us, nothing is better than him meeting our personal need. Isaiah says this, for, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of us need a counselor? How many, need, how many of us need someone we can talk to, the gift of someone we can share our lives with? How many of us need the love of an everlasting father? How many of us need to have peace this Christmas? How many of us need to know what it just means to have peace resting in our hearts? What about this gift that enhances the relationship? How does Jesus fare with that? You see, the only way God could truly express his love for us and, and how much he desires to be in relationship with us was it for him to become like us. For him to become a man. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He, and he came and he, and he opened up the possibilities for us to know God. Jesus said he's the only way. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way we can know God is through him. He enhances relationship. Well, what about a gift that requires sacrifice? How does Jesus fare there? In 1 John chapter 4, it says, This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he had loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice for our sins. You see, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, isn't he? He's the, the ultimate sacrifice. This baby Jesus becomes the man Jesus. And this man Jesus lives a, a pure, spotless, blameless life. And the man Jesus becomes the crucified Jesus. And he's nailed to a cross and he, and he pays the price none of us could pay. And the result of that sacrifice is, is forgiveness. It's forgiveness of our sin and it's a relationship with God our Father. That's an amazing, precious gift. Well, what about our last one? The name of the gift is powerful. How does Jesus fare against that one? You know, Mary and Joseph didn't have the dilemma that most of us have, as parents have. You know, sometimes you, you name your kids, don't you? And you, you think, you have to think that they're going to be adults one day. Um, or I, I've done that in reverse recently. And I can't imagine a kid called Steve. I don't know, you just think about it, you know, it's just weird, isn't it? There's certain names you think, that's weird if that kid had that name. But Mary and Joseph didn't have that dilemma because they, they were told what his name would be. They were told his name would be Jesus. 
And so it says in Matthew uh, chapter 1, she will give birth to a son and he, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, Jesus has a powerful name. It's a powerful name. It's a name that provokes things in people, isn't it? It's a powerful name that means saviour. It means he's the Lord that saves. But there's one additional quality in the gift of Jesus that's found in no other gift. You know, each year, last year's gifts are replaced by a new line of gifts, aren't they? But Jesus is God's eternal gift to us. And what he offers is eternal too. It's a gift that never runs out. It's a gift that that never depletes. It never outwears its welcome. And that's the invitation, you see. That's the invitation to all of us at Christmas time. That's the gift that God wants to place in each one of our hands. It's to to make room in our hearts and, and 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 receive the gift of eternal life that Jesus has to offer. That's what this is all about. This isn't just about singing some great songs. This isn't just about having some mulled wine. It's about receiving the opportunity to receive the life and the gift of Jesus. You see, this Christmas, Jesus offers us all the best gift of all. It's himself. And so from these humble circumstances, from a baby who's born in in an obscure place, who was born to be king, he transforms the world. But he doesn't do it in any of the ways that you you and I think he should. Instead, he offers himself as his gift to us.